Hey everybody, this is Connor, your podcast producer. Welcome back to the Yellow Bird Connect podcast. we got a really special show for you this week. Kyle is in the studio this week talking to Mark Podolsky. Mark specializes in buying and selling land parcels and also teaching people how to make passive income doing the same. He can be found at thelandgeek.com. You can also build geekpay.io. He's got tons and tons of information for you. Hope you guys enjoy the conversation and you have yourselves a great week. The main reason we started Connect is to give everyone the opportunity to do what I did. We wanted to be able to offer the real estate community, especially locally, something new, something that was fresh. And if we can help a couple people change their lives through this education. Just one person or two people coming up to me saying, man, that was awesome. Like what you put on was great. Then it'd be a huge win for everyone. If you've gotten any value at all from this Yellow Bird podcast, make sure to like, subscribe, and rate us on iTunes. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Kyle Paskowitz here with the Yellowbird Connect podcast. I've got a special guest uh, from Arizona, from Phoenix, Mark Podolsky. Um, he is self-identified as the land geek. Um, I've met him five minutes ago, maybe, kind of talking prior to this podcast, so I know nothing about Mark other than a quick description about some of his background. And to be honest, it looks pretty impressive. He's got a ton of experience doing, obviously, a lot of stuff um, with passive land, which is something that I don't think we've ever had anybody talk about. Um, it's sort of a new topic. Land to me is never, you know, especially when you talk about raw lands, not a passive game. Um, so I'm really curious about this uh, conversation and seeing where it goes. So welcome, Mark. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Why don't, if you don't mind, why don't you give us a little bit of a background on yourself, um, where you started, what you do today, and uh, and uh, maybe, maybe an exciting project or something you're working on. Yeah, yeah. So I started in 2000 as a very unhappy miserable, micromanaged, 45-minute commute to work and back uh, investment banker, uh, specializing in mergers and acquisitions with private equity groups. And Kyle, I mean, I'm telling you, it got so bad for me that I wouldn't get the Sunday blues anticipating Monday coming around. I'd get the Friday blues anticipating the weekend going by really fast and having to be back at work on Monday. So my firm hires this guy. And he's telling me that as a side hustle, he's going to tax deed auctions. He's buying up raw land, pennies on the dollar, and he's flipping them online. And he's making an average of 300% on his money. And I'm looking at companies all day long in a great company. A great company has 15% EBITDA margins or free cash flow. Average companies 10%. And I'm looking at companies all day long less than 10%. So I don't believe him. So we go to New Mexico. I do exactly what he tells me to do. I've got three grand saved up for car repairs. So I buy 10 half acre lots and average price of $300 each. And I flip them online. And sure enough, they all sell for an average of $1,200 each. It worked. So I took all that money and I went to another auction in Arizona where I lived. And again, this is 2000. There's no one in the room. I'm buying up lots. I'm buying up acreage and for nothing. And over the next six months, I made over $92,000 cash. It's great. So I go to my wife and she's pregnant. I say, honey, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to be a full-time land investor. And she says, absolutely not. (laughs) So I said, okay, okay, fine. So it took me 18 months for the land investing income to exceed the investment banking income. And then I quit. And I've been doing it full-time ever since. I've done over 5,200 land deals. And uh, I absolutely love it. Awesome. Uh, is, is tax deed your main, is that your main source? 
Is that what so, you're for? you know, it, it's interesting because from like 2000 to about, I want to say 2004, um, that was a great way to get inventory. But as the market started to heat up, I started to realize like, hey, this is getting competitive and I'm not buying it 20, 30 cents on the dollar anymore. It's getting a bit up to like 80 cents on the dollar. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, how can I get these properties before they go to auction? So I'm like, why don't I just mail out an offer to people that owe back taxes because yep. they know they're losing their property. So that's sort of how I started creating systems and automation and um, really getting this thing honed in. And, and Kyle, if you want, I can walk you step by step through the model. Sure. Love to see it. Okay. So Kyle, where do you live? Uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Jacksonville, Florida. Okay. Yep. So we're going to assume that you own 10 acres in Arizona where okay. I live. And I go to the county treasurer and I say, oh, there's Kyle, Jacksonville, Florida. He owes $200 in back taxes on this 10-acre parcel. So Kyle, you're advertising two things to me. Number one, you have no emotional attachment to that raw land. You live in Jacksonville. The property is in Arizona. And number two, you're distressed financially in some way. Because when we don't pay for things, we don't value them in the same way. You haven't paid your property taxes. As a result, the treasurer keeps sending you notices saying, hey, Kyle, if you don't pay your taxes, you're going to lose it to a tax deed or a tax lien investor. So what I'll do is I'll look at the comparable sales on that 10-acre parcel for the last 12 to 18 months. I'm going to take the lowest comp and I'm going to divide by four. And that's going to get me what Warren Buffett would call a 300% margin of safety. So I don't want to be like the housing guys. I want to say I'm interested in buying your land. You're like, well, I'm interested in selling my land. Now we're in a negotiation. I don't want to be in the appraisal business. And the philosophy being in every part of my business, I can always make more money, but I can't get more time. So mm-hmm. anything that's going to save me time, I'm going to do. So I send you an offer. And let's say the lowest comp's 10 grand. I send you an offer for $2,500. You accept it. Now, in reality, 3 to 5% of people accept my quote-unquote top dollar offer. Yep of 25 cents on the dollar, but you accept it. So first thing I'm gonna do is due diligence or in-depth research. Confirm you still own the property. Confirm back taxes are only $200. Confirm that there's no breaks in the chain of title. There's been no liens or encumbrances clouding title. And then I just, this whole checklist, I outsource it to my team in the Philippines. They are uh, hooked into an American title company. Mm-hmm. And then they get me the GIS maps, plat maps, aerial photos. I'm, if it's an area I've never been to, I'll go on Craigslist for 50 bucks. I'll do a local Craigslist gig, give them my property report and get photos, videos. I really want to know what's going on, on the property, but I personally don't want to do it. Sure. So I outsource that piece. Everything checks out. I buy it from you. You get 2300 net. I take $200. I pay off the taxes. Now I own the property and I'm going to sell it 30 days or less. So you know how I'm going to do this? I'm going to, I have a built-in best buyer. You know who it is? Who's that? MLS? No, 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 the buyer. Who's going to buy it? No. Who is it? The neighbors. Neighbors. Well, you're right about that. Yeah. I could have, you're hundred percent right. Especially with land. So it's easy to make a small investment and they always think it's worth more than it, than, than the neighbor sold it for. Exactly. So, so I'm going to send out neighbor letters saying, hey, here's your opportunity. Protect your privacy. Expand your holdings. Protect your view. Oftentimes, the neighbors will buy it. Now, if they pass, 
I'll go to my buyers list, my buyers list passes. I'll go to a little website you probably never heard of called Craigslist, 10th mm-hmm. most trafficked website in the US. Yeah. I'll go to an even smaller one, Facebook, buy sell groups, marketplace. And then I'll go to these lands, landmoto.com, landsofamerica.com, uh, landfarm.com, landhub.com, landflip.com. These are platforms of people that buy and sell raw land. So I want to make it irresistible for my buyer. So what I'm going to do is owner finance it. So I'm going to ask for $2,500 down, and then I'm going to make it a car payment. Let's say $449 a month, 9% interest, the next 84 months. Yeah. So I'm going to get my money out on the down payment, and then I've created this passive income stream of $449 a month, 9% interest, next 84 months, no renters, no rehabs, no renovations, no rodents. And because I'm not dealing with the tenant, I'm exempt from Dodd-Frank, RESPA, and the SAFE Act. So the game that we play is how many of these land notes can we create where our passive income exceeds our fixed expenses? And now we're working because we want to, not because we have to. Sure. How many markets? So you're obviously in, in Phoenix where you're at, but how many markets do you guys cover? Do you actually market to and send out offers to? So, I mean, let's just be honest, Kyle, right? Nobody wakes up and thinks to themselves, boy, I'd really like some raw land today in Iowa, unless you live in Iowa. So I specialize in the Southwest, a little bit in the Northwest, California, and Florida. These are the sunshine states. These are fast-growing states, um, and they have an abundance of inexpensive raw land. Sure. What's your, and and, and how do you get there? What's your... What's your main strategy to locate? You know, obviously you're going through tax rolls. You're finding people that are delinquent on their taxes. Are you doing postcards? Are you doing cold calling? What's your What's your best I, method? I have a software program. So okay. I, have, I have a software program that automates it. So I'll get a list from the county. Let's say the county assessor. I'll scrub that list. I'll scrub it again. I'll price that list. I'll upload that list into my software and it sends out offers. So I just sent an actual offer to all the owners of vacant land based on those prices and the the uh, the market values. So because if I send somebody the same offer of 40 acres as five acres, that 40 acre person is going to send me glitter back in the mail. Sure. So that's that's really how we do it. Um, we split test postcards versus the envelope. And the envelope, there's something magical about that offer sure. in the envelope versus the postcard. Definitely. Definitely. Is it a, and, and I'm, I'm sitting here looking at your little, Sat sheet. It's what's dirt rich. Is that about this strategy? The book you wrote? So yeah, one, I commend, I commend you writing a book because that's awesome. And it's, and it's super difficult. And I can't imagine myself ever getting to that level of sitting down just to do it. But the fact that you've done it um, is intriguing. I like the name. I like the actual cover and the logo and everything on it. It looks great. But tell me, tell us about what that is and where that came from. So, yeah. So dirt rich is really my story of, um, you know, kind of having like kind of coming out of the gate, very successful and freaking out with the success because I, then I had Parkinson's law of money. And so the more money I made, the more money I spent. Mm. And then 2000 and actually 2008, I was profitable. 2009, I was still doing well, but 2010, about 40% of my income just went away. Mm. And now I've got, you know, kids in private school. I've got a massive house. I've got luxury cars. Um, I've got a nanny. I've got a full-time housekeeper for the three kids. I just went crazy. And it sort of discovered like nothing external is really going to ever make me happy yep. and kind of going through all that. So I kind of talk about my story and then fast forward um, to how I kind of 
figure that all out and then talk about, you know, the model, exactly how I, you know, broke it down for you. So somebody can kind of step-by-step read about how to start investing in raw land. Sure. Is it during the, during the, uh, kind of market, you know, meltdown there and, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11, when did you, you know, obviously the opportunity went down, but then you had the other opportunity there was probably a way more product out there, especially at tax deed auctions and all those things as there was, there was a ton of inventory. Was there just not as many buyers in the back end for it? Was it harder to connect with the neighbors or did the strategy, has your strategy changed since then? No, I mean, it was great time. I mean, I could buy all day long. Selling still was a little tougher, but we just made it irresistible. So sure. the properties that were maybe four ninety nine down, we made one ninety nine down. Yeah. And instead of one ninety nine a month, we made ninety nine a month. Yeah. So to recover all those notes, because we use land contracts, so mm-hmm. there's no cost of foreclosure. So I just had to resell that inventory and just turn it over. But it took years sure. to do. Sure. And so when you so you're not actually transferring title, you're just doing it. You're just doing a land contract, and once they have it paid off in full, you'll deed you'll deed it over to them. Exactly. Okay. And then that piece is automated with software. We use geekpay.io. So it's a set it and forget it system. So I'm getting the down payment via credit card. And then I get the monthly payments via ACH. The software does all the amortization, all the calculations, all the notifications. And then the borrower can log in, make a prepayment anytime, see their current yeah. balance. And it's really eliminated a lot of headaches for me. But what's awesome about it is that if the ACH bounces, it will charge the credit card on file as a backup. So my default rate went from 8% to 4%. Gotcha. Gotcha. Is that something, um, is this software something you created or is it something that was already out there on the market? I created it because I had to scratch my own itch. There was nothing out there for me. Okay. And is this something you, do you work with other investors on this? Is this something that you share? Is it just an internal thing? No, no, I share. You you can get it for uh, geekpay.io. No, it's the best deal on the market. Like, there's no no note setup fees. Um, it's just a monthly flat fee. Gotcha. Is it I, is it yeah. per is it per transaction or is it per user? Uh, it is per uh, user. So you get unlimited notes for nine bucks a month, and then up to ninety nine notes. It's ninety nine bucks a month if you want to use the automated piece. So gotcha. manual is nine, nine, automated is 99 bucks a month. And then after if you have more than 99 notes, it's just a buck a month. At what point did you start create? It was, what, what point was it, you know, when you're like, man, I got to build something out here to take care of the management of this. You ever get pissed off using your current solution? Every day. I mean, every day. Yeah. And that's where so and I, this is, this is a big one for me to figure out at what point did you decide that it's time to create something that works for your business. Cause I can tell you one right. thing we, we deal with same thing. It's, it's, we use very kind of outdated systems that work cause our team understands them. But as we've scaled, as we've gone from buying 10 houses a month to 20 to 30 to 40 to, and continue to grow your, your old school Google docs and your uh, spreadsheets and, and stuff like that, you know, at some point has some fails in it. Um, and, yeah. it, and at some point it's time to create it. My, my fear always with creating new software is as soon as you create something, there's another one out there right behind it that, that is typically a lot better than yours. Yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah. It, and that is the problem with software is it's like a baby. You got to keep developing it and, sure. and, and doing all those things. And so we're constantly reinvesting it, but you know, I benefit from it personally and my customers benefit from it. So there's a skin in the game alignment versus a software company that's just doing it because they like, oh, this is a, a need in the market 
versus the owner using it day to day and having that kind of skin in the game. So that's sort of our, you know, our secret weapon there. But um, as far as, you know, developing a piece of software, you know, it was really just hubris. Like I had no business. I don't know code. So I went out and I hired some, you know, Silicon Valley guy and uh, overpaid, of course. And it looks great and it works great. But if I had to do it all over again, um, I would probably have kept my development costs a little lower, maybe. Yeah. Uh, But always that stuff adds up. I mean, that stuff, you know, we've done we've done some stuff, even website development and stuff. The guys that can build a website for two thousand dollars or five thousand dollars, you're not, you know. The man hours that comes in to, that goes into building something quality that works, that's functional, that fails safe, that if it breaks, there's a way to fix it. Um, there's a cost to that, so it's always way more than you think. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, I said the the one thing that was smart that I did was I had customers and I pre-sold it before I built it because a lot of people do SaaS businesses. They're like, oh, here, look at my great thing that I made, and they realize yeah. like there's no market for it. So yeah. I I knew there was a market. And then because of my beta customers basically funded the development and I took, I took a lot less risk doing it. Sure. Is this a, so are you, are you traveling around teaching this strategy? What's your, uh, I mean, obviously you've got the software you've created that's going to add value, make it a lot easier. Your price is super cheap. I think you need to raise your price on that $99 a month for up to a hundred, hundred properties is, I mean, I think we, so we, we lend hard money to, probably 40 to 50 loans at all times. And we use a basic just lending software to, you know, loan software. We input our loans and keep track of payments and everything. I want to say we spend four or $500 a month just on that. And that's, you know, we, we have less than 99, you know, active. Yeah, you, you, you should go, you should, you should test my thing. So you, is it work for that? Does it work for, does it work yeah, for just regular it, lending and regular? It works for any lending. I mean, cool. we don't, I'll we don't go it. after that because, um, like note servicers, there's like laws, like I'm not sure. note servicing, so I'm not going to go after anybody for you. I get it. Yeah. And I won't keep you in compliance either. I'll just do yeah. the math. Yeah. It'll just, it'll just, it'll spit the product out. What's your, and, and you have here on your, on your sheet, a tried and true plan to create freedom. And I think you've, you've kind of went over that for, for the layman for, you know, a lot of this listeners is a local to Jacksonville podcast. It's a lot of mom and pops. It's people that are just either starting real estate or recognizing or, or they're already in the game. They might be a flipper. They might own a couple different rentals. You know, what's your, I always, people always ask like, Hey, how do I get in the game? So I like your strategy. I've actually never heard. I mean, I've heard variations of your strategy, but I've never heard somebody that's I'm dedicated to this model and this is the model and this is the game I play. What's the best way for, you know, a new investor somebody just starting to start locating these things, probably let's just say in Jacksonville locally, um, and to start, you know, using this method. Um, what's, what's your best way to, you know, is, is it the tax deeds? Is it pull list? Is it knock on doors? You know, what's, what's would, your favorite pull, way for the, for the perfect, you know, the person here locally that maybe doesn't have deep pockets, um, but has the time and willingness to kind of work and earn. Yeah. I mean, I, I started with three grand. My buddy started with 800 bucks. Um, our average client starts with like 5,000 bucks. You don't need a lot of money. Um, in fact, I did like this whole FAQ uh, series where people ask like these frequently asked questions like, do I need an LLC? Um, how much money do I need to start with? And so I answer the questions, but then I do, okay, this is a question you should have asked. And the question that they should have asked is, you know, is this a good idea to use other people's money? Mm-hmm. And absolutely. Sure. Because if you're averaging 300 to a thousand percent return, borrow, 2%, as much money you can, 2%, 4%, 5%, 
10%. It does. It almost becomes irrelevant at that point. And so we want to get a track record first for your investor to see. And so we kind of walk you through, you know, those steps really quickly as well. But if you're just starting off, you want to get educated. You want to learn how to do proper due diligence. You want to learn the proper market. You want to learn marketing strategies. Um, and you want to get familiar first. So do that first. And there's this little thing called Google. Just Google land investing. You'll get as much information yep. as you want for free. Um, I have a podcast that teaches it. Uh, there's the Art of Passive Income podcast. There's the Land Geek podcast. There's the Best Passive Income model podcast. Um, I'll give your guys a free course if they want. That'd be great. Uh, 99, it's usually 97 bucks a month. But if they cool. just go to the landgeek.com forward slash launch kit, they can get it for free. Awesome, so awesome. get educated first and then dip your toe in the water and start making offers. So the first thing you want to do is find a good county. And if Jacksonville is not a good county, then you go to a different county in Florida. So in Jacksonville may not be a great county for it. In the same way, like I'm not going to buy infill lots in San Francisco yeah. for a million bucks and flip them for two million because if I got a million exist. dollar, well, yeah, I mean the thing is yeah. like I'm going to go the biggest baddest land broker sure. in town. So you want to go to people that you know that asset has now become a liability for them yeah. and. And, and hit those people up for Definitely. sure with your and, and and obviously of the kind of the rent it back if the people do want to buy it cash from you is there a sale price or do you try to always stick within that you know passive income model on it i i mean all my stuff is you know advertised 100 percent for terms because again you know what is cash like sure. at, at a certain point like the, the cash, I just pay taxes and I have to redeploy the cash. Yep. Where terms, it's it's just a one-time sale and I really get the most uh, benefit from that parcel of land. However, you know, cash is cash. I'll take it. Yeah. Um, I don't love it, but yeah. there are people that are wholesalers and they love the cash and they'll try to do velocity of money and they're, they'll turn their money over. It's not for me, yeah. but I don't I don't judge, Kyle. No, I get it. I get it. We, I mean, we, we battle the same thing when we, you know, buy and flip houses or holding stuff as rentals. And there's that, there's always that struggle is, you know, at some point why sell anything, just keep everything. If, if money's available and you can borrow it, keep everything thing out there and build cash flow up. Right. Because I so, mean, let, let, like if you do the numbers, right, let's say you get to 10,000 a month in passive income, that's $120,000 a year, right? Yep. In passive income, how much money would you need to save, put in the bank at 2% interest to have that throw off 120,000 a year, right? That's like $3 million. Yeah. So how many people listening to this, how long would it take you to save $3 million? Because I've got clients, it's taken them six months, 12 months, 18 months, two years to sure. get to that point. Yep. I mean, it's, it's, no, a, it's, it's a great burning. way to build your network. What's a, what's a good, so, you know, what's, tell us maybe a little client success story. What's like a, somebody you've worked with recently that, has went from zero to something, you know, yeah, anybody... so I, I've got so many, uh, but the one, the one that's most recent okay. that, uh, is really special to me is, uh, Tyler and Jen Kelly. So they're a real young couple. They've got two young kids and Tyler hates his job. Um, he starts coach coaching about 10 months ago and then he just, uh, you know, emailed me two weeks ago and said he quit his job. That's awesome. And um, he's they're at uh, about twelve thousand a month now in passive. 
and um, that's enough for them. Yeah. I mean, he's still he's still nervous. Sure. And I kind of walked him through it. I'm sure. like, yeah, but you don't understand. Like, you know, you're only seeing what you're losing. You're not you're not you're not seeing the the energy gains that you're going to be able to take and go forward in this business. Absolutely. Because you don't have it now. And so, uh, you know, that was a great story. Roberto Chavez, um, he's a full-time attorney and, uh, he got the 15,000 a month in 12 months. So how many deals, let's go back to the last guy, you know, 10,000, 12,000 a month. How many, how many active deals is that, that he found sold and are getting paid on? Is that 10, yeah, 12, so 15? The, no, no, no. The, the average is about 22 deals. Okay. Because it's about 200 bucks a month is the average note. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The good thing is there's so much of that land out there. Like there's so many of those lots that people, I mean, shoot, I probably, I probably own a half dozen to, to a dozen lots that I could care less about that. I'd probably sell you if you want to go out there and sell it. And, and yeah. I don't really care about the number I've, I've owned them. I picked them up part of something else and they're sitting there rotting away and, and they don't really have any value to me. And you're right. If I looked at my taxes owed on them, I probably haven't paid them in two years and, and I'll pay them when the, when I get the tax deed notice, if I want to, or I'll just let them go. You yeah. Know, yeah. So no, I just, I just, I just did bad math. So it's, uh, it's four deals a month. Yeah. That's four. So 48 deals. I'm sorry. 22 is get to 5,000 a month. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Which, I mean, which that's, actually replaces the average income in the United yeah. States. No, definitely. And it's something that I think if you, like you said, you continually learn the strategy, get better and better going from four to eight to 10 to 20 deals a month becomes probably a much easier, faster system and process. Yeah, exactly. So. I mean, um, what, you know, the whole idea is you want to be able to wake up and not have to be anywhere. Sure. And, and that's, to me, that's real wealth. Um, I mean, I've got clients that might make a million dollars a year, but guess what? At seven in the morning, they have to be in the office or they have to be in the OR. They have to be somewhere and they don't necessarily get to pick the people they work with. Like a lot of them, they don't like even their coworkers. And then they have to work, you know, in a certain area. So to work when you want, where you want and with whom you want, to me, that's really total freedom. And then you get to have that luxury of figuring out what do I really want to do in life? I mean, no Definitely. one wants to sit around and play golf. I mean, you want to contribute, but you want to contribute in the ways that you want to contribute. Definitely. Definitely. So let's go. Let's talk about one thing I kind of missed in the conversation. I know you mentioned delinquency. Is it you said 8%? Is that kind of been your norm or is that across? Do you, you kind of keep track of everybody's? That are out there. Okay, so in a, in a good market, which we're in right now, yeah, um, we're at about a four uh, percent delinquency rate. I believe in the next recession, we'll be at eight to twelve percent. Okay, so that that will be. You just need a budget that. So we use a profit first model by Mike Michalowicz. I don't know if you had him on your podcast, mm -mm. but basically, it'll it'll really help you put buckets into your cash so that your cash flow remain sustainable, you have savings, so you can really take advantage of the recession and you've kind of budgeted that out. And and your and the guy that buying the neighbor buying it from you, how does that how's that typical loan doc work or that that contract for deed work if they don't make a payment? So if they make payments for two years, miss a payment, what's the what's the process that's in your guys' docs that you recommend? So they got thirty days to uh so they're after they're late thirty days, they've got another thirty days to cure the default. Okay. I keep the down payment. I keep all the monthly payments and I resell the property. You resell the property. Yeah. Okay, cool. Beautiful. I mean, it's a, it's funny because sometimes the simplest strategies and really the strategy itself simple, there's a ton of that inventory out there. 
Um, so I, I mean, I see the people that can focus on that and, uh, kind of stick within that bubble. I think the opportunity is great. And I, and I love your, uh, I love your fact of selling it to neighbors. Cause that's when you, when you start wholesaling real estate or you're even putting something on the market, often your neighbors are the ones that are your buyers or know the buyer that they want to live next door. So I couldn't agree anything more than that. Um, well, cool. You got anything for me that you'd like or, uh, or any other, any other points before we kind of wrap this thing up? No, I mean, I, I really think that, um, for somebody that's, truly interested in the model. There's so much information out there. Um, you know, the, the one thing that I'll say in real estate or anything in life is you have to take action and you have to have grit. Yep. And so often we'll see people who will, you know, have low frustration tolerance and their why isn't big enough. Uh, I think Nassim Tlaib, who, uh, who wrote like anti-fragile has got this great quote, that's, you know, the two most addicting things in life are heroin and a paycheck. And so to get away from that, that paycheck and have that total freedom, you've got to pay the price. And yep. Zig Ziglar has a great quote that says, if you'll do for the next three to five years, what other people won't do, you'll be able to do for the rest of your life, what other people can't do. Exactly. Love it. Love it. Well, awesome, Mark. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for everything. How do people get in touch with you? I think the best way is just uh, thelandgeek.com. And again, if they want to get that free course, thelandgeek.com forward slash launch kit. Beautiful. Thanks, Mark. Hey, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, Thanks again, Mark, for reaching out and being on the podcast. And we're looking forward to uh, hopefully do some business in the future. And I'll definitely send you some people people your way. Um, Software is definitely intriguing that you built. And uh, congrats on all your success and uh, great meeting you. Hopefully we'll see you around. Thanks, Kyle. I really appreciate it. Thank you.